Welcome to the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, helping you unleash the greatness within your dog. Hello and welcome to another podcast with Doggy Dan, the Doggy Dan Podcast Show. And today I am with a lovely lady named Natalie. And uh, we're actually not with her partner, husband, David, but uh, he works with her. And we are going to be talking about Happy Tales Sanctuary. So if you have ever had a dream of saving dogs, of setting up a sanctuary, um, of living with dogs, of looking into those eyes of the dogs that you saved and you thought, what's involved? How do I do it? Then uh, listen up, guys, because that is what we're going to be going into today with Natalie. Um, she's an Aussie from Australia. That's a terrible accent. Sorry. Um, she's, she's got a background in radio and hospitality in Sydney. And now she is living in Mauritius. I'll tell you where Mauritius is for those of you who don't know in a minute because I just looked it up on Google Maps. She's been there since 2014 planning. She was planning to take it easy, teach yoga, do that sort of stuff. But uh, as I understand it, you soon realized that the dogs there needed help. There were so many strays and you decided to take on a mission. Is that pretty much it, Natalie? Over to you. That That is exactly right. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm really, really good, thanks. Really good. Good. Um, yeah, thank you for inviting me to have a chat um, today. It's going to be fun. Um, yeah, yeah. When I got to Mauritius, I quickly realized like um, that there was a big, big problem here. Um, I had lived here when I was much younger, so I kind of knew already that there was an issue. Um, but all those years after coming back and seeing that nothing had changed was a bit of a shock for me. Yeah, yeah. And what was it? It was strays, as I understand it. This dog's yeah, it's not only the strays, it's just the um, how people see dogs here. Yes. They don't really, the majority don't really regard them as pets or um, part of the family. They're more seen to be security. Um, so they're treated, they're not treated as one of the family. So tell me, for those people listening, so you went over there yeah. and then tell us about Happy Tail Sanctuary. So where are you now? Just so you kind of, we kind of jump, jump ahead in time to that's what was there when you turned up. And now what have you achieved? Are you on the way to um, big stuff? Yeah. So we had the, I had the big, big dream of opening a sanctuary yeah. um, soon after I realized what the situation was here. And um, a lovely lady donated some land to us. So we were really fortunate to be able to get some agricultural land in the middle of nowhere. Brilliant. Um, with beautiful views of the sea. So that all of our dogs have, have million dollar views. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> and we started, we opened our doors last year and we only had... 10 dogs to start with yep. and a year later we've got 70 um wow. seven zero yeah yeah we could we could have so so much more but we're trying to be realistic into yep the amount of dogs we can actually keep and yep and um and look after really well we don't want to take dogs unless we can give them yes a great life a great start so so yeah so that's um that's been us. We've got staff living living on on the spot, um, yeah. which is great. So there's always someone there to keep an eye on them, and um, it's it's just full of joy. Oh, beautiful! Happy Tail Sanctuary is just full of joy. 
<laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you. So I before we jumped on the call, I just was goo I was on YouTube and I typed in Happy Tail Sanctuary and um happy I think it was Happy Tail Sanctuary Mauritius came up. Or yeah. happy it's called Happy Dogs at Happy Tales. And I watched that one minute video <laughs> and I know you, so I was watching it knowing this is what you've built. And it's only had 107 views, guys. And that's why I love doing this because you're at the start of this journey. I've got, I see the potential of what you're doing. And I know you're going to have so many more dogs. And and I watched it and it brought such joy to my heart, Aww. guys. So if you want if you want to have if you want to feel that joy, just look at these happy dogs who have all been rescued and saved off the street. I think it's about twenty of them running up and down a, a lovely grassy area. Like <laughs> I can read dogs. I'm like they all have all just gone. Hey, we've all just landed in heaven. <laughs> How did we get here? And um, and here's the thing, right? You know what? It had no likes. It also had no dislikes, but it had zero zero, and likes and dislikes. I was the first person to like oh. it. Thank you. <laughs> and it was like, that's, that's what brings me the joy of being able to do this in a way because I see the potential of what you're doing. And I see you at the start of this journey in many ways, as I'm sure you're yes. feeling. Yeah. I mean, you're a long, long way. Down, but I can see the potential. You're going to have, I don't want to say hundreds, but I'm sure there will be hundreds of dogs. Yeah. I reckon there will be. Eh? Well, Have I, you set a limit? We have set a limit for this site where we are now. Yes. I mean, we started off um, just letting all the dogs roam free. Um, <laughs> and it. soon, soon after, like a few months in, after we had about thirty dogs, we realised that wasn't yeah. re- realistic. Um, ongoing. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's yeah. there's no guidebook, you know, as to how to no. run a shelter, a sanctuary like the one that I want to create here. Hang on, hang on. There's a lot of people just shouting at me. They're all saying, hang on, I could help. I could show you. <laughs> okay, sorry. There's a lot of Please. people around the world telling me they could help. Please. Okay, they, they're saying they could come and show you. Could, is there any room for the people who can help Absolutely. to come and help? Absolutely. Anyone with dog dog experience, um, you know, just dog obsession yeah. with dogs, they can come and see us in Mauritius if they fancy the long trip. Um, yeah, but- no, I, I hear you though. In terms of no, there is no rule book. And um, yeah, the, the actual size of a dog pack you can handle. I mean, a lot yeah. of us have seen huge dog packs roaming around and it's fascinating. And But it doesn't always work. And sometimes that's not forever. You know, you might see them running around for an hour, but then you wouldn't leave them. No, no, like that. because so you have to separate them back out. That's it. Mm. The, there's, there's fights that can break out um, between the dominant mm. male. So we've been on a big, big learning journey too. Um, yep. you know, my husband, myself and our staff members. Um, yeah, so we, we've really been learning and paying attention and trying different things. Um, and now the, the idea that we've had is to separate them into smaller packs of, of 10 to 15 yes. dogs. Um, Perfect, yeah. And it's much more manageable. They're much happier and more relaxed. Um, they still have the roam of the sanctuary, um, but in groups. So we give them allocated times yes. to, to be let out and we play with them and run around with them and then put them back in for a rest. Um, so it goes on like that all day. I'm just feeling into those packs. And um, I've worked at a doggy daycare where we had packs. And um, what, I, what I often felt, and correct me if I'm wrong, I just want to see if I'm on the right lines here. I always found you could kind of group the dogs 
Obviously, you can do it with size, but it also you could group them almost. You could have one kind of high energy busybody or a couple who'd play together, and then you'd maybe have one dominant dog, and then you'd have a couple of more. You know that you'd have a real mixture in each yes. group, is what I sometimes found. Yeah. Rather than saying let's put all the timid dogs in one area, I mean, even saying it sounds stupid. Yeah. Let's put all the scared dogs in one area and then let's put all the dominant dogs, males, let's put all the dominant male dogs in one group <laughs> and then let's put all the high energy dogs in, in the other group. I mean, even saying it makes me laugh because that's not how it works, is it? No, you need a mix. You need a mix. Um, there has to be a dominant in each pack, um, in each of these groups. So there is currently now. So that's just happened naturally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which has been really interesting to watch. I mean, yeah. there's some that were dominant that are now more submissive in this yes. new pack structure. Yes. Um, so it's been, it's been fascinating to just see how they work. Oh, look, my, my whole, my whole experience of working with large dog packs is all coming back online. I'm closing my eyes and feeling <laughs> it because there's almost nothing I like more than working with large Aww. packs of dogs. Because if I remember what happened, sometimes there would be a dog who looked like they were dominant, but they were actually, they were what I call fakes. They were faking it. <laughs> They were trying to act tough, maybe with their owner or around a dog, but they actually wanted somebody else to come up and take that leadership role from them. Yeah. And so if you could put another, like a clearly confident, dominant dog to say, buddy, I got this, then they would go, okay. And they could actually relax is what I often found. And um, don't know if you found any, any of that sort of stuff happening, but you mentioned sometimes dogs who were dominant then became more submissive or yeah so we've got one for example who came to the sanctuary super aggressive yep. a male his name is tails tails and um but super lovely with people like loved being around us but hated being with the other dogs the big dogs yeah and we tried putting a bunch of young dogs in with him just to see, you know, how he reacted because we could see that he wasn't really aggressive when the young dogs would come towards his enclosure where he was. Yeah. And it's worked a treat. They all get along. He is super happy. He is blossomed. He's like, um, he's like the older brother looking after them. There's oh. never been a scrap, never oh. been a fight. It's, it's amazing. Isn't it? <laughs> And, and in that sense, they're so like people for me, you know, that even talking about, you know, you don't want to put all the fearful people together and it's better to have that mix of somebody who's in charge and some workers and some followers and yeah. support wingmen and some people who want no responsibility and, and how we change and you have to trial and error. You can't pick who's going to get on with who. It's not. That's it. That's it. So, um, so yeah, we're hoping this, we're, we're actually in the process right now of, finalizing all the segregated areas so we're building we're doing the fencing we're building the dog houses so um that should be ready probably in the this coming month and then um and they'll then there'll be a bit more peace at the sanctuary <laughs> oh fantastic fantastic so just i just want to point out so for those of you who are i did say i'd um, tell you where mauritius is so for those of you who are wondering where is mauritius because it's one of those places i've always you hear about it and you kind of go where is it I had a look at the map, and it's, if you go down to the very bottom of Africa, you have South Africa. And about a 1,000 miles to the east, you have that beautiful long island called Madagascar. And then a 1,000 kilometers to the right of the east of Madagascar, you have Mauritius. And Is that about right? Does that sound correct? Yeah. 
in the middle of the Indian Ocean. In the middle of the Indian Ocean. Yeah, a tiny little dot. Beautiful, beautiful, and it's got the most white sandy beaches and a lot of. It's green. It's got the blue sea. It's got the green trees. It, it's beautiful. It's very beautiful. I can just yeah. It's a stunning place. Yeah, absolutely stunning. Um, and when we moved here, we were just so so happy. My husband was moving from the UK, me from Australia. So it was it was a lovely change for us. Yes. Um, but yeah, but there's you know. Underneath all of that beautiful nature, there's there's a lot of issues such as social issues and and things like um, like the stray animals that are that are happening too. So we're we're really working hard to try and change that here. Yeah. So where do uh, most of the dogs come from? You've got seventy dogs now. Do they just turn up on your doorstep? Do people bring them to you, or do you go around looking for them, or? Um, well, it, they come from a, a lot of different, a lot of different sources, really. Um, yeah. We help some other rescuers too uh, yeah. when they rescue dogs, and they don't have the facilities to keep them. Uh, so we've helped a lot of. In the beginning, we were helping a lot of the local rescuers um, in taking some of their dogs that they couldn't look after. Yeah. So that was that was the first pack that we got. Um, from the local pound too, we've rescued a few that were um, in a really bad state. Uh, so we took them, and then in our local village, um, there's there's a lot of strays. So we've been working there at doing sterilisation campaigns. Um, but you know, there's always a female that gives birth to nine puppies, and you see them on the road. And if we see any dog in danger then we're stopping and we're taking it. So so that's how that's pretty much how we pick them up. We could have <laughs> we could have ten times, thousand times more dogs, but um Really? We just we yeah, we just have to be very discerning in so, you know, in assessing what the serious cases yeah. are um, to take them. The more vulnerable cases we take really. Oh uh, when you say the more vulnerable, what do you, what are you meaning by that? Um, so vulnerable as in puppies on the street, on a main road. Mm. We can't walk, yeah. can't drive past that. Um, so we stop and we pick them up or we, we make a plan to come back and, and take them. Um, wow. Old dogs that, you know, are injured. We've had dogs that have had accidents and are just left there. Uh, so we pick them up, take them to the vets, get them treated. Um, just Just the ones that really need the help. So, gosh, yeah. just hearing that makes my heart go, whoa. I know. There's so much cruelty and there's so, so much of it. it. It's disheartening at times. And a lot of, yeah. a lot of the yeah. rescuers here do, do have breakdowns because um, they can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But uh, you just have to keep going, you know. Yeah, you just go, it, yeah, do what you can do. And once we get to the sanctuary and see all the happy dogs, that's our boost. It keeps yeah, us going. Yeah. It really keeps yeah. us going. I, what I'll do, guys, if you're listening to this, do go. I'm going to give the website. I'm going to, I mean, obviously go to um, – I'm trying to remember. I want to make sure I've got to pronounce it absolutely correct. Happytalessanctuary.com. Mm-hmm. That's happy, happy tales because there's more than one. Tales, T-A-I-L-S, <laughs> sanctuary, S-A-N-C-T-U-A-R. T-U-A-R-Y dot com. Happy Sanctuary. But also, if you go to our um, site, which is the online dog trainer dot com forward slash happy tales, 
then what I will do on that, I'll collate a whole load of links to videos um, and, and different information and obviously links back to you, um, Natalie, your side. But just so people can get a real feel for what you're seeing is what Natalie has built from scratch with nothing in just a few short years. And I just, I think I love what you're doing so much because you kind of approached me and chatted to me a bit about coming out maybe and helping out and connected with before you'd even put a spade in the ground. I know, I know that. What a journey it's been, you know, and um, we've kept in touch ever since. So, yeah. yeah. And that and that dream hasn't hasn't gone too far away. We really would like you to come out here at some stage. Um, that's definitely on the cards. Yeah, no, that's all good. Just for those of you that are listening, we were talking about all sorts of stuff about me coming out and working with the dogs and getting some really fun footage and stuff. But um, but I just love to support you. And so, Thank you. And the videos you've created, oh, it's a pleasure. The videos that you've created really, you know, I'm looking here. There's like four or five dogs. Their tails are all kind of <laughs> in the happiest position you can get. And I'm like, I can only... I might ask you to make sure, see if you can catch a picture of the ocean view because that will just crack me up. Yes. Okay, I will. I'll do that today when I go there. <laughs> and it might motivate a few more people to come rushing across from South Africa or wherever, just going, hey, let's go and help. Definitely. We can help. Definitely. I mean, there's beautiful, where the sanctuary is located, it's in the middle of the sugarcane fields. So there's beautiful walks. There's a river not far um, it's it's absolutely stunning, um, but we don't really have many people to help us walk all these dogs. So that would be okay. yeah, that would be amazing. Oh wow! To have volunteers come from overseas, or if anyone's on holiday here, then um, definitely get in touch with us. Wow! The, did you hear that, guys? <laughs> you listening? You could quit your jobs and just you know take your savings and I don't know. I'm just making stuff up, but you know. <laughs> What, what more do I need to say? No, no. I think the thing about this this um, podcast and doing what you're doing is I was never happier probably than when I was in those dog packs. There's something about just standing in a pack of 10 or 20 dogs yeah, and you don't even have to touch them. In fact, by not touching them, they settle and calm down and then you really feel the calm, peace and love and gratitude and it's phenomenal. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I've, I've always been a, an animal lover. Yeah. Um, but it's only since I've started this journey that I've just yeah. – I've always had dogs. Um, but yeah. since I've started this journey with the dogs, it's just – yeah, it's totally opened my heart to them. And, yeah, there's no turning back, really. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Oh, good on you. And there is a huge difference between – owning or having one or two or three or four dogs or five dogs I'd even say I've had five dogs on my property like living yeah but that's nothing compared to having a pack of 15 is it also and yeah totally and also these dogs that come to us you know we want to make them the best they can be so that there's a potential for them to find a family and get adopted yeah, tell me, tell me more about that. I was going to ask what happens to the dogs. I know you, like, no dogs get put down. Is that still the case? I know that was the, you do your best. Yeah, I mean, here there's there's a, yeah, the, the actual government body that looks after the strays. It's, it's a pound, really. They, yeah. they say that they're for animal welfare, but they're not really. They're just... They're just um, here to manage the stray issue. So in up the streets. 
Yeah, there's a lot of dogs that are put down every day on the island. Um, so, but at Happy Tail Sanctuary, there's no you don't put the dogs down. You keep them all. They come to you. No, no kill, no cage um, sanctuary. There you go. So, yeah, unless the dog is really, really ill, then yes, obviously. Totally. But um, no, we we don't do that. We wouldn't put a dog down. So you are looking for people to, so people do come and yes. say, yeah, we love this dog. We're looking for a dog. And you rehome them. Yeah. And we have had, I'm very particular, like after we've looked after our babies for so long and put, yeah. made, put so much effort into making them better, um, I am the one really who makes the call as to whether they go out and they're adopted. I'm picturing a mother hen guarding her little chicks. <laughs> you are not worthy. I am, I am pretty much like that. But, you know, it's, that's, that's how it's going to be. I have the standard that I want to keep. Um, and I'm also showing pe- the locals uh, yeah. how to really treat a dog. So there have been cases where I've refused uh, because these people who wanted to adopt a puppy, they were going to put the puppy on the roof. Um, while they were at work Gosh. so with no no fencing or anything oh, on the roof no shelter I was like I'm sorry but no <laughs> sorry I'm trying not to chuckle if it wasn't so terrible it was it's terrible it's funny if it wasn't so seriously terrible yeah I know you see it all the time Dan it's terrible um so but we have had many success stories yep. including some adoptions in the UK Wow so I know we've got uh Sandy who's living happily in the UK she's a a dog two year old dog Tell me where she's living where whereabouts in the UK is she living She's living in um Manchester <laughs> No no what's it called Forty one E forty one. I forget what it's called, but um, she's living not far from us, like yeah. the west. Yeah, and um, and also two cats. Oh. Two cats that were brought to the sanctuary. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a space for cats, but we took them in anyway because they were brought to us in a plastic bag, yeah. um, days old, um, and our lovely. Our lovely son in the UK wanted them, so we um, we arranged for them to go to the UK, and they're living very happily over there. Brilliant. Love it. Also, we've had a lot of successful local adoptions. Yep. But as I say, you know, like I've set the bar quite high. For example, I don't um, adopt out any dogs that haven't been sterilised yet. Yes. Uh, that's too risky. Um, a lot of a lot of the rescuers here do give out, you know, they rescue puppies and then a few days later they're up for adoption. And then those same puppies are probably the parents of the other puppies that they'll be rescuing, you know, seven months down the track. So the cycle continues. Yeah. So I don't want to be part of the problem. No, um, totally. So this is a standard that I've set um, that we don't, adopt out any dogs that haven't been sterilized or if we do um then i'll be calling that person to take the dog myself to be sterilized yep. um when the time's right perfect totally agree yeah so i'm sure you've had a lot of emotions and excitement and staggering kind of can't believe what i've just seen can you think of a time or has there been a time where you've kind of gone 
what just happened there or where the dogs have just surprised you or blown you away with the way they've changed or adapted or a time where you've maybe thought, I just can't see a way through this. Or how's this going to work out? And yeah, that's just come together. Yeah, I'm thinking of um, a dog that we rescued. Uh, we got a phone call, um, urgent phone call. Someone was looking for some help. Um, and I, my intuition was go see what this is like. I don't always follow on on these calls, but this one I was like, no, I need to go. And we got to a village and there was this dog that had been pretty much severely macheted um, on her back and um, she had been pierced with something. She had been burnt like someone had thrown boiling water over her. It was, it was just shocking, you know. It kind of, it it really, really affected us. My husband and I, we were like, "What are we going to do?" Like, so we we took the dog. the The lady who took the dog in from her neighbor, like, stole the dog basically because the dog was just tied up with a, a chain around its neck in the in a backyard. Yeah. So this lady went and took the dog. We took it to the vets and. Um, it was a long, long process of healing and um, trying to get this dog to to trust humans again. Oh. So every day we had to, the vet would come to give the dog some injections, had to have very high antibiotic injections. She was vicious, so vicious. No one could approach her. So you can imagine she was in a bathroom, a spare bathroom we had. Yeah. No one could approach her. We had to use like a noose to try and corner her to give her her injection. So this went on for for weeks, for weeks. And then finally, like I would go and sit with her every day, just sit there, not try and do anything, just be a presence there so she would get used to me. And then slowly, slowly um, she she started healing and started trusting us all in the house and – we decided to keep her, and she's she's just a completely different dog. Oh, completely different dog. She's amazing. Because you're wondering at the the whole time, you're wondering is she ever going to get yeah. better, or is this forever? Well, yeah. Is this permanent? Is she ruined? It's exactly. I knew physically she could heal, but I was thinking mentally: yeah. will she recover? Will she be able to oh. trust us? Are we, trust. you know, are we going to be able to turn her around in the sense that she'll be able to live a happy life and? Um, She's one of our pack at home now, and she's so, so, so happy. You'd never tell that she came from a trauma like that. So uh, that was a big, big turning point for, for me. This was prior to, to opening the sanctuary. So, so yeah. Because that's both physical and mental wounding that you've healed there, and uh, that's, that's where you start going, wow, look what we can do. If we can do this, we can really – and the power of the pack starts coming online. So the power of the pack, for those of you who kind of aren't aware, is almost if you have 20 boys or 20 children and they're all happy, happy kids and you put one more child into that group of children, they'll behave well. And the same thing happens with the dogs. If you've got 20 dogs who are all happy and confident, and playful and good with each other and good with humans, then generally the other dogs will catch on and yeah. start trusting because they can see how the others are behaving. And um, that's, that is why it's so powerful to have these dogs in groups together because they all learn 
learn how to be good, friendly with humans and each other. So yeah, in general. <laughs> in gen- yeah, I love it. You've always got a few rebels. Oh, oh yeah, that's where the learning comes in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that there are some dogs that still need, you know, a bit of training, um, which I, once again we don't have much experience in, but. We're managing. We're managing okay. There's a, lo- a few local trainers yep. that have come to visit us and share their knowledge. Natalie, there's a really, really good online training program that I know of. Yep. Okay. Called the online the online dog trainer.com. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's the, that's where we've gotten our best tips, really. Oh, is that right? yeah? Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to plug it there. Of course. Um, so tell who I, I, I'm always interested in this with people who've kind of followed their dream, followed the passion. Who inspired you in life in general, and who sort of inspired you to do this line of work? Now I I know I haven't primed. Yeah, wow, I didn't prime you for these questions. Wow. So um, Natalie is thinking on a feet here, but there's no wrong answer. You know, it's like I don't know. Was it Winston Churchill or was it? Um, I know it wasn't Winston Churchill, but but you know, it could be anybody. Was it? I'm trying to think of the lady who worked with the monkeys. What's the lady called who worked with the monkeys? Oh, Jane. Jane Goodall. Yeah. Jane. Jane Goodall. Jane Goodall. Who's inspired you in your life? Yeah. Um, not really. Um, to be honest, I I don't there's not been a key person that has inspired me to do what I'm doing right now. No. Um I became vegan like five years ago. So my love of animals has just continuously been growing over the years. Gotcha. Um, I got totally distracted by life, um, you know, leading up to this point in my life um, and just doing different things, chasing different dreams that I thought was going to bring me happiness. Um, And it's only, it's only, since I've been here and I've been soul searching and thinking, okay, what could I see myself doing for the rest of my life? Truly, truly, truly without being unhappy, without feeling unsatisfied, unfulfilled. Um, And it was, it was working with dogs. Yeah. Yeah. It was working with dogs. Yeah. I hear you. So has a, in terms of that search for happiness and that search for, fulfilling your dreams in life is there any kind of spiritual or religious or books or people i guess i'm coming from a place of for people who are still on that journey who motivated is there anybody you've seen living their dream or um there was a late there's a lady who opened a sanctuary in costa rica um i'm sure ah yes yes i'm sure the dog lovers out there have seen have seen or heard of Territorio de Zaguates. Yes. And when I saw I saw the videos there, this was um, during my whole quest to open the sanctuary and I was doing some research. I was inspired by what she'd created, definitely, because it was it just seemed like a paradise for dogs, really. Um, just yes. so much land. She's got four hundred acres, I think, so much more than what we have. Um, and she's got a thousand, more than a thousand dogs, but so that was, that was kind of the inspiration behind creating a cage free, no kill sanctuary here. 
Um, no one else has done that here. Uh, so, so yeah, she was, she, she definitely inspired me, but, um, mm. Mm. after, after seeing the realities of, uh, keeping that many dogs and seeing more videos that they posted of, you know, they're finding it really difficult, um, to look after all these dogs really well. Um, my dream tweaked a little bit because I didn't want to take in, thousands and thousands of dogs unless I could financially, emotionally, um, even spiritually yeah. look after these animals and give them a really, really good life. So, so yeah, so she's, yeah, she, Leah, her name is Leah Battle, I think. She definitely inspired me on this journey for the, to open Happy Tales. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Part of doing this podcast is just to inspire people who are on that journey. And, you know, we don't all have to have 70 dogs. But, you know, I'm kind of coming from a place of I know how, how, how much joy it can bring you if you're thinking I'd love to do something similar. Yeah. And um, you're thinking about it. You know, I don't want to make it sound overly easy, but once you understand how to be how to bring peace to a pack by just being calm and putting what I call the dog calming code in place, which is you know, the training program that I share with people. You put that in place. You bring the dogs in. You calm them down. These dogs, they do just settle into a pack, and it is the most amazing experience in the world. So I guess I'm hoping through this podcast to inspire those of you who maybe do have a bit of money or you have a bit of land or you just have a dream and you want to retire and you go, could I do it? The answer I would say is yes. And I want to get your opinion on this, but I think so many more people could have a pack or a group or or set up a small rescue. I'm talking five, 10, even 15 dogs and be like, I can do this. And you get a couple of other people to help you out. And then you can kind of, ask people to make donations and sell sell a dog if people are looking to um adopt a dog you know and and yeah yeah definitely what's what's your take on that definitely i think i think you know more people should be doing it there's so many dogs so many dogs are euthanized um in pounds every every week really around the world i'm sure in new zealand too um, and it's it's tragic, you know. People go and buy all these breed dogs, and then when it doesn't turn out the way they wanted it to turn out, then they give it to the pound and get another one. So I think um, it would be a beautiful world one day if there weren't any any killings, any euthanizing of of animals, yeah. and if we were just became more conscious about um, our consumption as such of um, of these these live beings, these poor live beings, you know, all they want to do is have a family and be loved and cared for. So th- there's definitely room for people to to go out there and and even if you're rescuing ten, that's still that's still oh. yeah a big 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 thing you're doing and you're also not forgetting you're also raising awareness to the situation. Yeah. Um, for us uh, here. One side of Happy Tales obviously is focused on the rescues and giving sanctuary to the lucky ones, but the other part is also trying to solve the problem here. Yeah. So that's the big, that's the big big part that's um, taking up a lot of our time now. Yeah. So uh, you know we have to educate. 
the young kids. So we're trying to get into schools and speak to them, um, teach them about animal welfare, about how to look after a dog, the basics, so that they can go back home and tell their parents, no, it's not okay to keep our dog chained up all day in the backyard. Yeah, It's not cool, you know. So we're trying at grassroots level really to to make a change in that domain also um, here there's laws there's an animal welfare act um, that exists here but is not enforced by anyone so people can continue doing their animal cruelty um, you know guilt-free with no repercussions really so yeah. we want to we want to try and get government to update their animal welfare laws and enforce um, fines and and some regulations yeah. update the regulations. So, totally. so there's another there's another aspect too to this whole rescue game, you know. So um, working on multiple levels. Yeah, exactly, and and it's about it's about one day hopefully not having this sanctuary because all the animals have a home and everyone's oh. happy and, you know, everyone's being, all the animals are being respected and the dogs are being treated well. That would be, as much as I love my sanctuary, but that is the goal, you know, that would oh. be the end goal, really. <laughs> Beautiful. Tell me, in terms of, I'm sure you, I mean, you mentioned before you're looking for volunteers, you could always do with more helpers. In terms of uh, financial donations, obviously from your website, people can give a bit of money. What? How much money are you, I, I, I'm always curious, like, what, is it, what does it cost per dog, like, to keep a dog alive out there? You know, what, what is it costing you guys? I mean, uh, 10 dogs what, or one dog, is it? Um, well, I mean, people, what I'm trying to say is people's donations does make a big it makes a big impact, doesn't it? Whatever it is, little bit or a lot, you know, yeah. it does make a big difference for us. So for us um, to look after one dog per month, it's a thousand rupees. So um, I'm not too sure how that translates into New Zealand dollars. What about British pounds or American dollars, is it? Uh, wait a sec, I'll let you know. So Where I'm coming from is I'd love to say, you know, you could almost – for so much money, you're almost sponsoring a dog. You're not sponsoring it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So a thousand rupees is nineteen pounds. Nineteen pounds. And what's that in American dollars? I'm trying to think off the top of my my head here. So a thousand rupees um, per month per dog per adult dog. That's how much we've kind of estimated the care uh, equals to nineteen pounds British pounds. So in US dollars, that's uh, 24 US dollars. There you go. Yeah. For 24 US dollars a month. Feed the little dog. Yep. Yeah, that keeps our dogs healthy, um, well-fed, and that includes, you know, whatever miscellaneous vet care bills yeah, we might have totally. too. So. And then you're always looking for more fencing and expand because the more you can expand, the more dogs you can have at the end of the day, but the fencing costs quite a bit, I guess. Yeah, all the work that we're doing. I mean, when we first moved in, it was just literally a shell, a small outbuilding. There was nothing there. So we've we've really expanded we must put the photos. Please send that photo through. I'll send the photo of, that you sent me when you were starting up. I remember smiling. It was like, oh, look at that. They're building a concrete block in the middle of a field. I so remember the photo you sent through. You've like You'd built this block, and it was like in the middle of the field when you were starting up. And it's like you started like from nothing, eh? Yeah. Yeah. 
we started from nothing and we had the vision we had the vision of it being quite small to start off because yeah. that was um it was supposed to be a temporary um enclosure yes uh, the first one that we opened and then we were going to move to another piece of land that the lady had donated yeah um but We've settled in where we are now, and she's let us expand where we are. So awesome. she's she's amazing. She's um, she loves dogs, obviously, and um, supports our cause, and is giving us whatever it is that we need to be able to rescue more dogs. Awesome. Yeah, Matt, it has been so fun, and I think everybody's kind of uh, probably wanting to set up their own rescue now, and. Get as many dogs as they can on their land, and <laughs> good if people are feeling that. Then we've done our jobs. Uh, now, the other thing, of course, people are hopefully thinking, "Well, what can I do? How can I help?" So, the website, the best place for them to go. Do you want to spell it? Spell it out. The um... yep. So it's happytalesanctuary.com. Yep. Um, and you can you can there's a PayPal link. Uh, on there there's a link that says i want to donate that lovely goes straight to our paypal or um we're also doing a crowdfunder uh, page also um so i'll be posting up the details of that today and uh you'll be able to click on that and that crowdfunding page is for us to be able to convert a um van oh, into a little mobile clinic yes so that we can travel around and do our sterilization campaigns island-wide yeah awesome yeah and on facebook what's the facebook link i'll put all these on the page as well yeah so the facebook link is or your page it's happy tales sanctuary is it? yeah happy tales sanctuary mauritius lovely and if you come to um the online forward slash happy tales you'll find all the links and a complete transcription of this podcast and all the other stuff. And I'll put some pictures and videos of uh, what it's like there. And um, you can see Great. a picture of, hopefully a picture of Natalie and David. Fantastic. Thank <laughs> you so much, Dan. It's been a lot of fun. Lovely to chat to you again. And hopefully yeah. one day I'll be stood on that land with the dogs with you and uh, we'll all be smiling. And Can't yeah, wait. Awesome. Cannot wait. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Hey, you. Thank you so much, Nat. Love you and leave you, and um, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Many thanks. Yeah, thank you, Nat. Love you lots. Love your work and love what you do. Give my love to the dogs. Will do. You've been listening to another episode of the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, bringing you one step closer to creating harmony with your dog. 